Welcome to Exhale Bible Discovery. Each week, we'll take a deep dive into the Bible, going line by line and chapter by chapter to discover the truths that God has for us in His Word. Well, hello, everyone. This is Dr. Paula McDonald, and this is the Exhale Bible Discovery. And this is Lesson 1, an introduction to the book of Revelation. Never has there been a more perfect time to dig into this book of Revelation than right now. When 2020 came in with such a roar and has continued to be just this absolute insane time in our history, it just made so many people question everything and hopefully what it's done it's driven people to seek answers with the almighty god and if we look at history we've had a lot of bad things happen there were the horrible christian crusades the civil war world war one and two that included the jewish holocaust vietnam 9 11 and now the COVID crisis with vaccine mandates, horrific world child trafficking, and so much upheaval and division. But through it all, the one constant is God's word. He does not change, and he remains the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I'm excited to dig into this book of Revelation to hear directly from him as he laid out what many call the end times through the eyes of the Apostle John. Many have feared this book, and lots of pastors have shied away from teaching it. And of course, there are numerous interpretations of the book. And I want to lay out one thing. When I say the book of Revelation, it is singular. It is not the book of Revelations. So you will hear me say the book of Revelation. In this study, we are not going to be trying to prove which doctrine of thinking is correct. What we will do is systematically study line by line and chapter by chapter to seek the truths as they were written in the context in which John was led. As with all of the Bible, these words are God-breathed and God-inspired, and we must remember throughout this study, we are not God, and we have finite minds, and therefore we will never fully understand all of the things of God, because He is God and we are not. It's also going to be very important that you keep your pride in check. And if you aren't sure, if you don't understand something, go to the Lord and ask Him to help you navigate your concerns and your questions. And the main approach in this study will simply be to come into each lesson with an open mind and an open heart prayerfully and with respect. And after much reflection, I believe that before we even open chapter one, that we need to have some building blocks in order to get the most out of this study. And these building blocks will provide us with much needed historical and prophetic information. And this is why today and the next couple of weeks, we're going to build upon some important topics 
that I believe will enhance the overall study of this book. So if you're ready, let's dive right in. I have this lecture into three separate sections. Section one is from creation to the cross, a biblical and historical overview. Part two is the interpretation, the explanation and illustration of eschatology. Now that is a mouthful. <laughs> and number three are the purposes and the promises of Revelation. Okay, so creation to the cross. This wonderful and amazing Bible is comprised of 66 books, 39 from the Old Testament and 27 from the New Testament. Another word for testament is covenant, which are the promises from God to his people. Well, the Old Testament or covenants cover from creation to the last book of the minor prophet Malachi. And the New Testament and promises begin with the four gospels, which are the first hand accounts from those men who walked directly with Jesus. Then there's Acts, where we learn about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then Apostle Paul penned 13 of the New Testament books. And then we have lots of others, as well as the culmination, the book of Revelation. So here's a big thought question for you. Why would we study the beginning of the Bible, the history, the life of Christ, yet refuse to study the end of the story? And lots of people do, you guys. Lots of people say, oh no, I don't want to study the book of Revelation. It's too big and scary. But it's there, and so therefore it means it's important. So we need to take a quick historical dive from Genesis to Revelation. And do we find a common thread woven from the very beginning to the very end? And the answer is 100% yes. This thread is Christ, and its evidence pointing to him can be found all the way through Scripture. And anyone who believes that the Old Testament is not relevant for today has missed an important key for unlocking God's Word. Through the study of Revelation, we will be referring back to many of the prophetic books of the Old Testament as we seek to gain wisdom and understanding from these prophets who have gone before us. These books provide us with an extra layer of insight to assist us as we navigate John's revelation. The Bible, then, is God's story. It's his story, history, his story. The foundation of everything that we believe as Christians is found within the pages of the Bible. From the first chapter of Genesis, where we learn of the amazing creation and then the fall of man into sin, we begin to see the challenges that man begins to face as he navigates life with sin. We learn about the major patriarchs of the Bible, such as Abraham, Noah, and Moses, and we are given the beautiful Psalms and the wisdom of Proverbs, the rich history provided about the entering of the promised land, the establishment of judges and kings, all the way to the New Testament where the beautiful story of Jesus unfolds. The plan of salvation is fulfilled through Christ, and we learn where our God always finishes what he started. And as we know, this is not the end of the story, but this is where the book of Revelation begins to reveal to us the ultimate plan 
of Christ's return and then his millennial reign on earth. At the end of each of my sections, I have what's called a truth bomb and a call to action. Because if I teach you and lead you into this Bible study and you don't walk away with something that you need to do to apply to your life, then it's going to go nowhere and it needs to go somewhere. So here's your truth bomb for section one. The Bible tells a story with Christ woven throughout from the beginning to the end. And your call to action, how will you embrace his story of how it all ends? And will you stay the course? Okay, section two, interpretation, explanation, and illustration of eschatology. Whoo! Eschatology is a Christian theology concerning the study of end times. It is the study of Christ's future return, the rapture, the final judgment, and the eternal judgment of those who have denied Christ. Being able to interpret what you are reading on any topic is essential. And so as we study the book of Revelation, it's even more important than ever to have a good, basic understanding of the scriptures. But not to worry if you're new to the Bible. We're going to go through this systematically to explore and uncover and investigate this book that I believe will help you see God's word in a new and fresh way. So don't be scared. Hang in there. And also, in order to interpret information, you got to have some knowledge of the literary text, the who, the what, the where, when, and why. Well, the who is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, what we call the Trinity. The what, it's God's holy and inspired word. Where? Right here on earth. When? From the beginning of creation to the present time. And why? Well, it's to reveal God to man and to provide us with the hope we have in Christ. And as man has grappled with the interpretation of the book of Revelation, you can imagine there are many varying thoughts that have emerged over the years. And I'm going to briefly touch on some of these interpretations. There's four main ones. And you can just hit the pause button. You can write them down and you can go research them yourself. But they're called the preterist, the historicist, the idealist, and the futurist. And of these four interpretations, the most widely accepted is that of the futurist, which points to a future event of Christ's return. Now, another hotly debated topic are the millennial views, which that means a time frame of a thousand years. And this exact time of a thousand years is mentioned in Revelation. And theologians and pastors and Bible teachers all debate these. And so there's three main millennial views, amillennialism, postmillennialism, and pre-millennialism. So I'll go through these quickly. Amillennialism, they believe that right now we're in the millennial kingdom and they believe a second coming will come and put an end to this suffering that we're experiencing here on earth. And they look forward to the triumphal return of Christ. And in the meantime, we are to share the gospel in order to save as many souls. Post-millennialists believe Christ will return at the end of a thousand years. And those who hold this view 
believe that most of mankind will be saved before Christ comes back. And they believe that as more and more people are saved, there is more peace experienced until the final culmination of ultimate peace with Christ. Premillennialism holds that the view that once Christ returns, there will be a thousand years of peace under his reign, and the belief is there will be a brief period of tribulation before Christ returns. And this view, the premillennialism view, it's actually the one that most churches follow. And so, despite all of these varying views, none of them should cause us to be divided as Christians, because the point to note is that all of them agree that Christ is going to come again, and therefore, that one thing should be our focus. You've got to keep the main thing the main thing. And as said in Matthew 24, 36, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. As hard as we might want to know, it's not our place to know, or God would have given us specifics on that. What we are instructed to do is to keep our eyes on Christ until that day. How do we do that? Well, we stay in the Word. We remain prayed up, and we stay vigilant. So the truth bomb the book of Revelation is a message of Christ as the victor and the call to action. Will you take time to block out and devote and put in the work this year to finish this study? Okay, our third and last section of the lecture is the purpose and promises of Revelation. And so it's important that we understand what are the purposes and promises of this book. And we need to have a firm grip on the purpose of Revelation in order to fully appreciate its meaning so that then we can receive the promises within the book. And so for the purpose, we know that the human author, the Apostle John, wrote down the revelation that he received in a vision from Christ. So the true author is Jesus Christ himself. John was used as the person to transcribe the message he received. And the main thread throughout this book is that Jesus has a message for his people and his church. And this message is a warning, but it's also of hope of what's to come. The message is also for believers to know that Christ is coming back for his church. He's coming back for you and I, and that he will overcome evil and he wins in the end. You guys, this is the best news of all. Our good and loving God tells us what's going to happen. And he doesn't say it's all going to be a bed of roses and be easy while on this earth. In fact, in John 16, he tells us, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace because in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And y'all, that's what we must hang on to. We simply cannot lose heart when things get tough like they are right now. He tells us in this world, we will have trouble. He didn't say we might have trouble. He says we will. And when we do, he is the one we are to go to. So if you're weary in this battle of being in this world and dealing with all of this, take your troubles to him. He is there waiting for you. He wants you to come to him. And so then the promises 
are that God never leaves his people to fend for themselves. He really is always there, even when we ignore him. The promise of revelation is that Jesus is coming back. You guys, we are on the winning side, and this promise should undergird you with the strength to endure whatever is in your path. And for those of you who studied with us last year, we dissected the book of Galatians and Ephesians, where Paul teaches us that we are to be warriors for Christ. And there is absolutely no accident that Paul used these analogies when he wrote to the churches to encourage them. Folks, in case you haven't realized it, we are in a spiritual battle of good versus evil. And when you fully understand this, you will recognize the need to be prepared for this battle. And so how, as warriors, are we to prepare? Three things I have for you. Number one, you must be in training. In order to fight an enemy, you must know and understand who you are in battle against. And it's Satan. He's our enemy. And he hates everything about Jesus. And therefore, he hates you too. And John 15, 18 says, if the world hates you, keep in mind, it hated me first. So knowing we are in a battle against Satan, you should be deep into God's word. So you are fully trained up with the things of the Lord. So you can recognize when something is not from him. You can recognize false teaching and understand that fear is not from God. So important to remember that. Number two. You've got to have the proper gear. A warrior understands the need for weapons, and therefore he keeps his weapons nearby, ready to go, and in top condition. So what are your weapons? Are you entrenched in the word of God? Are you ready to defend your faith? Are you ready to stand for God's truth no matter what? And are you mentally, physically, and spiritually ready to fight this fight? These are important questions that you must be able to answer. And then number three, you have to be ready to fight. And you guys, no one likes to think about fighting, but somewhere along the way, Christians have been taught to simply turn the other cheek, take the high road, and to remain silent so we don't offend others. Well, let's take a look at what scripture has to say about each one of these topics. So when turning the other cheek, as instructed in Matthew, this is in response to being personally insulted. However, responding to the evil in this world is a different matter. We are to be using our best weapon against evil, and that is the word of God. We are to share the gospel, and we are to put on the armor of God daily, which means we are ready to go onto that spiritual battlefield. Now, taking the high road does not mean that you just allow evil to continue. The high road means the high road of God. And therefore, because we have been given words of the Lord, we are to use them for his glory. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in his righteousness. We have a responsibility to teach, rebuke, and correct evil. And so taking the high road does not give us, as believers, 
a pass to stay silent. It's quite the contrary. We are to speak up. And then let me get into the whole, I don't want to offend someone because this has gone way too far. When somebody came up with the brilliant political correctedness, we as Christians have used it to avoid tough topics. We have, you guys. And now more than ever, you better be ready to fight the good fight and speak up regarding the tough non-negotiables of God and his word. He established marriage. He established male and female. God determined the parameters of sin and set the standards for Christian living and behavior. We as a church have gone silent on these topics. And now we ask, oh my gosh, how did we get here? How did it come to this? And we have to see that we have been and are part of the problem when we stand by and we say nothing. It is now time to stand up, to speak up, and to stand together for Christ, for God's word as believers. So are you battle ready? Will you say yes to Christ and yes to defending his word and his church? If not, it's time for you to go right now and get you some knee pads and put them on and get down on those knees for earnest prayer. Because this request is not just for pastors, Bible teachers, missionaries, or evangelists. This job is for every single believer in Christ, and that is you and that is me. So how will you answer the call? If you desire to have the promises of God, then guess what? It is your duty to boot up and suit up for the kingdom. And my friend Caroline, that's from you. Thank you for that wonderful saying. So I'm giving her a shout out because you guys, no one gets a free pass on this one. And so your truth bomb is all believers must participate in the spiritual battles that are all around us. And the call to action is this. How will you respond to this call? What actions do you need to take today in order to defend your faith at all costs? What is God asking you to step out in faith about? And so the summary is the book of Revelation is the culmination of the entire message of the Bible that God is the winner. This is great news for us as believers. We have nothing to fear if we fully believe in his word and we keep our eyes on him. I know I am so thankful to know which side that I am on. And so to give it one sentence for a summary of this whole lecture is revelation is God's message that Jesus is victorious. And so I always like to leave you with some challenges. That's the teacher in me, but also it's, it's the truth. If you don't take something that you've learned and apply it to your life, it's going to do nothing. So I'm going to always leave you with some challenge questions. I ask you to get out a journal, write these down, stop the recording, put them down and answer them. So here they are. Number one, knowing that you are not God and you do not have his infinite mind, how can you get to a place of peace with this truth? Number two, how can you stay focused this year to complete your lessons and stay until the very end of this course? Just like God always finishes what he starts, you need to do the same thing. And number three, what areas of your life keep you from spending the time with God that you desire and need? 
list these areas out and pray over each one. And then four, what specific things has God laid on your heart that you may be holding on to? Such as, is there something that you need to speak up for, an injustice in your community, work, home? And then number five, from that list above, what actions do you need to take that God's telling you you need to do? That's your job. Number six, do you know how to truly defend your faith in Christ? And if someone were to ask you this question, why do you believe in Jesus? Are you able to answer with authority and conviction? You need to write this down. And if you're not, go to him in prayer. You guys, these are such important truths. And I just pray for each one of you. Before I close this into prayer, I just want to remind you, if you go to www.drpaulamcdonald.com, you will be able to get my blogs, my podcasts, resources, events, all sorts of things. And I pray that you'll use this tool for you. And so I want to close this in prayer. Father God, thank you so much for what you do for us. Thank you for how you love us. Thank you for how you provide us with everything we need. Thank you for your word. Thank you for each person in the study. And may you open our eyes and our hearts for the glory of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It is in his name we pray. Amen. Be sure to visit my website, drpaulamcdonald.com. Click on podcast and then exhale Bible discovery for self-study guides and resources to support you with each episode.